Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the B-Side Boys with your host, Mr. Gray and Philly V. Hey, that's right. My name is Mr. Gray. And I'm Philly V. And welcome to the B-Side Boys podcast, an Iowa rugby podcast. Phil, how are we doing today? Well, I've been better, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, we'll... starting to, I'm starting to recover slowly. Good, and we're definitely going to get into that today. We have a special guest, DeAndre Moore. But before we get into introducing DeAndre, uh, we do have to thank our sponsors, Central City Liquors. Yeah, uh, they're the home of the 15% coupon, and this week's little special, we're going to be doing the Corazon uh, Tequila. It is a aged aguave tequila, so it's aged over 30, 40 years. Um, it's distilled twice. It's super smooth. It's kind of got like a uh, peri apple-like aroma to it, you know? Pretty good uh, with margaritas. I mean, you could just do straight shots with it. I mean, it's a clear tequila. It's delicious. So. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. You get down to Central City Liquors... Tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. You will get 15% off on any regular marked item. So, again, tell them we sent you. It means a lot to them. It means a lot to us. Yeah, Phil, were you having some shots before you went out this weekend? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, me and uh, DeAndre tore it up at Cosmic Kingdom, uh, one of the many events that was going on in Des Moines this weekend. Uh, they also had Premier Golf, too, which was pretty cool. John Daly was in town. Did you see that? Uh, I saw Nico's Snapchat. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was very close to John Daly, I which, know. I mean, I feel like if you picked any golfer to be like a rugby guy, John Daly would win the social every single time. I just saw a post actually on Facebook about him, how he needed to lose weight in college, so his uh, golf coach put him on a diet of popcorn and Jack Daniels. How do you lose weight on that? <laughs> I don't know. Who was his coach? I don't know. He needs to be fired, probably. Health and nutrition wasn't invented when John Daly was in college. I think the most surprising thing is John Daly was in college. Like, (laughs) dude just rips heaters and has his mixed drinks. And somebody, yeah, kept stats for him too um, on some of his stuff. It's like he'll like pound like seven diet cokes. Like while he's doing eighteen holes, and like I saw Nico had a picture of him with a uh, like McDonald's on his cart. (laughs) <laughs> and then just ripping heaters. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, you said Cosmic Kingdom. Uh, what is that? Uh, so it's like a EDM music festival. So like electric dance music, and uh, yeah, it's it was pretty interesting. There's some artists there that I haven't seen yet, but it was pretty fun. There was like some French gal that did a really good job, and yeah, there was a lot of pretty interesting people there. So nice. Yeah. No, it seems like a place you would go. You you bring your own blanket. You set it out. You. You listen to some nice, easy listening music, get a good night's sleep, something like that? Eh, I don't want to go that far. <laughs> so I want to hear more about this Cosmic Kingdom because it definitely sounds like something I probably will never go to at my old age now. Uh, but we have with us the person you went with, very special guest, a member of the West Des Moines Wombats, one of our founders. He also is the head coach of the Urbandale High School Boys Rugby Team, DeAndre Moore. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. How's it going? 
Good. How are you doing? Uh, you know, been better, but you know. <laughs> like word for word, Phil just said. <laughs> I mean, I've had a lot better days, but you know, I'm not as bad as I thought I'd be. I went to bed pretty early last night. I mean, I'm going to say early, but a lot earlier than I did last year. Yeah, it's true. Honestly, so. like, I, you've gone to this event, what, three, four years in a row? Uh, this is uh, my second, second year so second. far, and I've enjoyed it every time I've been to it so far. And I've, I've seen you go out before this, and I've seen you the day after. Yeah, honestly, this is kind of like the best I've, I've seen you the day <laughs> after a big event. Yeah, I got a whole day to sleep. I got home. You don't really shower at this thing. So, like, all weekend, I got there, what was it, Thursday night? Uh, I set up my tent, camp for three nights. You get pretty smelly and sticky. And um, <laughs> one night, I greasy. Got a, yeah, I got a popsicle, and uh, it was pretty hot, and it was melting all over my leg and my girlfriend. Um, we get it. You have a girlfriend. You bring it up all the time. What do we have? Four minutes and no. twenty six <laughs> seconds. No, but she got a popsicle. She telling me there's a hole in the bottom. So as I'm eating this popsicle, it's like dripping all over my legs, so my legs got all sticky. And that was only the second day, yeah. and I was really annoyed. <laughs> so I threw the popsicles out. And then it. you had got all of your shirt, and you put your shirt back on. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a mess. I had to walk back to the campsite. Uh, and the campsite was a pretty far walk when you're, you know, drinking bush lattes and yeah. taking shots. Uh, and that's all you guys did. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, last year, too, um, we went to Cosmic Kingdom right oh, before we played Clinton, so we showed up to the field covered in glitter. <laughs> I had to play in 90-some degree heat. <laughs> I remember that because it was like, all right, like, we just, like, started our team. Hey, like, here we go. Uh, we have a big game. We're just starting things with the Wombats. All right, let's, uh, everyone pop your shirts. We're going to throw jerseys on. Let's kit up. And here's Phil just glistening in the sun, <laughs> glitter all over his body. And he just looks terrible. So there was no rugby today no, uh, or God. yesterday for us. It was nice. I don't have to paint a field this year. I kept saying all day yesterday, man, it's nice not to go paint a field and play rugby today. Yeah. I mean, we love rugby, but I mean, sometimes you got to separate like those big events from, yeah. I mean, if you really want to enjoy the rugby, like dedicate the whole weekend to that because you guys trying to split last year a EDM festival and rugby the same because you went... EDM rugby back to EDM. Correct, yep. and man, I don't know how. I, <laughs> how I don't how is know. That possible? Uh, a lot of bush lattes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bush lattes. Bad time to be a bush latte. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and you know, no rugby for us this weekend. But I do know over in Chicago there was a few things with the Midwest Thunderbirds. Uh, I know we were gonna have uh, Victor Wong and Juju Julian Hall on tonight. Uh, to tell you guys about the City Boys, but we're going to save that for another episode. Those guys doing a little USA camp. <laughs> yeah, they're doing a they're doing a little select side camp out there. So shout out to those boys. Hopefully they had a good time and represented well. So yeah, there's no no rugby for us. But looking ahead, we do have a lot of rugby coming up this summer. A lot of people were surprised. They did officially announce the Summer 7 Series has three stops, and I kept seeing people like, oh man, pretty light summer, but if you look at it, you have the Block Party 7s on June 25th, the next weekend's July 4th, so July 2nd, then you have Toys for Tots in Des Moines July 9th, Capital City 7s July 16th, Quad City Bix 7s July 23rd in Davenport, uh, we have Alumni Weekend for you and I on July 30th, August 6th is Irish Fest in Waterloo. 
And then you're in mid-August. You're getting ready for the fall season. Yeah. So there is not a weekend that doesn't have rugby except for that July 4th weekend because a lot of people are out doing their thing. So Did you see that mm. we missed one actually this past weekend? There was a – Quad City was having a beach rugby. Oh, it was the Beach Fives. Beach Fives, yeah. I saw that. I kind of wanted to see some videos or something from it, but I couldn't seem to find anything on Facebook. But I saw they had some posts about it, and that, that sounded really fun. It was like in Buffalo. Buffalo, Iowa, yeah. yeah. Small little town, yeah. northeast Iowa, yeah. No, and then there was the Northeast Iowa Leatherball Tens. Yep. So yeah, there was a lot of rugby this weekend, just not for us. And three tournaments in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. We didn't even mention the national qualifiers. There's going to be one in Wisconsin, one in Des Moines, and then there also is going to be a July 30th MLR Combine in Wisconsin. So plenty of opportunities if people want to be social, if they want to try to go pro. Whatever, go for it. There's plenty of opportunities. But the very first thing that I cannot wait for that's going to be on the Wombat schedule doesn't even have to do with rugby. You guys know what it is? Street League! The Street League. Ooh, I'm very excited about that. Heard Maniac is going to be back there. The Maniac. The Maniac, yeah. He's been doing some... He's like on the UFC, like... He's on their radar. They're they're trying to get him up and in there. Uh, I just saw... Marinelli just mm. dropped out of the main event. Yeah. Sounds like I, I haven't seen it yet. The Patreon video podcast from Stalemates, they're going to explain what happened. There's a situation, but they're finding a replacement soon. Our guy, Alex Schmitz, is going yeah. back. His first attempt, he wrestled against a college coach from Missouri. He lost 7-9 to nine after not wrestling for years yeah he's going back he's ready to pick up a win he's been busting his ass in the wrestling room trying to make things work and he's got his own little uh camp deal that he's doing now i guess it's more of like a club deal where he's helping develop yeah. play or develop uh youth wrestlers and stuff yeah for uh martindale st mary's he yeah. coaches there it's free too 100 yeah, cool. free for the kids so shout out to him for giving back to wrestling and then he's gonna probably wear that wombat singlet again uh, we're definitely getting a VIP table oh, again, and we got to oh. we got to do our own theme too. Oh, we're definitely wearing jumpsuits. Oh yeah, uh, jumpsuits are coming out. The tracksuits. Yeah. So can you find me a tracksuit? Like I was looking, I can't find one that yeah. I like. I mean, um, Phil actually might be the guy you want to uh, oh. talk to. He found a pretty cool tiger one. I think he wore it in the last podcast. Yeah. Oh, he did. <laughs> I did. So, so like this thing, I don't want to. I don't want to double dip and wear what someone else is wearing. So. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of options on there, though. You just got to go on Amazon. I know. I, I want one that's all of our, like, bluish teal with uh, the yellow know. stripes down the, like, yeah. side of the sleeve and on the pant leg. Hard to find. You could probably do a custom one. I mean, it might get a little pricey, but... Yeah, Phil, yeah. what do you think? I'm made of money? I don't know. Big this guy. teacher salary? Yeah. <laughs> He's not a teacher anymore. He's mm. not a director. Yeah, congrats on that. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, moving... Moving activities director over at Weeks Middle School. So, goodbye teaching. Hello, admin stuff, I guess. So, yeah, we got a packed summer. I'm excited for it. Young guys are going to get a lot of sevens. We do start our 15s practice on July 13th. So, that's the thing, too. Like, I haven't been at a practice in a minute, and I won't be until July 13th because I'm coaching high school softball for East in Des Moines. That's been wild. Uh, So, yeah, young guys, come play sevens for us. And then on July 13th, we're going to start focusing on 15s and make our run for whatever it is we're going to do this fall. Wow. And so that reminds me, too, like the CRC, we said we'd recap it. Our predictions, 
weren't a hundred percent accurate, but you know we were close. Yeah, on some. Yeah. The men's premier division with Iowa State, they finished eleventh, which was huge. Uh, that was pretty sweet to see them. You know, take down a team like let's see here, Northeast. Yeah, Northeastern. They beat twenty four twenty two. Well, every team that was in the premier was essentially a varsity program, wasn't it? Besides, like, uh, maybe two? They beat the university. There was 32 teams in there, so, I mean, it was pretty oh. packed. Like, they beat the University of Louisville 17-14 in their opening round. That's not a varsity program, but then when they faced Kutztown... Uh, the team that won the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, they... they you can see the difference. It's not from a lack of preparedness or effort. It's not to make an excuse. The level of resources is just massively different. But the fact that they can show up and in the premier division finish at 11th, you know, that's huge. Yeah. Um, I was central. They also were in the premier division. They had a tough, tough matchup. I made the prediction they were going to beat Iona by 30. Uh-huh. I will admit, I'm a man of my you know, of integrity. <laughs> I was wrong. They lost 29 to 26. It and was a very close match. I, I, I couldn't get it to show when it was going live, but I ran it back. It was back and forth, back and forth in that second half. Like they, the boys played their hearts out, but like it was obviously wasn't enough. But I, I, I was real proud of the boys. To well, and that's what's crazy, man. Like sevens, ball bounces one way, mm-hmm. that can decide who wins. You know, mm-hmm. both of them were evenly matched. Do you know how far Iona made it? They made it to the final four. Like, that's the thing. Iowa Central, they get by in that match. Who's to say they don't make a run? Right. You know, and then they pulled Air Force in the next round in, like, that survivor pool. Mm-hmm. And they, they lost to Air Force. It was just, I mean, when you're in the Premier Division, it's not like, it's oh, a, there's 32 teams no, here. Right. There's a couple of chumps. Every single one is a top mm, level, right. either club or a varsity club or varsity team. And so what I'd like to know, Javi, do you have any in? Like insiders that could give us their take on what they experienced? I do have an insider. I have the head coach of the Iowa Central Tritons, Brent Nelson. You want to give him a call? Let's see what, uh, let's see what he yeah, thought of the whole thing. Yeah, let's see what he what Nelly has to say here. Did you watch CRC? Um, well, he's setting up that phone call. I watched you and I play a bit. Yeah. Um, I got to watch um, Iowa State play a little bit, women's. Um, I didn't catch any of your premier stuff. Like, I kind of was busy a little bit. Oh, we had a wedding. Shout yeah, out Chris yeah, Aguero. Yeah. Here we have the head coach of the Iowa Central Tritons rugby team, Brent Nelson. Brent, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, how are you? I'm good. You're on the B-Side Boys podcast. All right, the infamous B-Side Boys podcast. <laughs> infamous? Uh-oh. Infamous. <laughs> so, Brent, glad to have you. Thanks for joining us in short notice. Javi's just, like, pulling his phone out. We're talking about the <laughs> Iowa Central club or team and – your guys' experience at the CRC, and he's like, who better to talk to than the guy at the helm, Brent? So what was that like heading down there to NOLA, playing some of the top programs in the country? Well, what was it like? Um, It was pretty amazing. Uh, It was a long trip. We drove down. You know, we uh, played some rugby and uh, came back. Yeah, and a lot of people around here got the chance to watch you guys play. And definitely, I think, for those high school kids, it's really cool you know, you've got a lot of Iowa talent on that team. Uh, Iowa high school players can see the brand of rugby that you guys play. Uh, what's something that your boys can learn from that experience and bring back heading into the summer? Oh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from going 0-4, I think. We probably um, could do a lot better job of 
seizing the moment. You know, the, sevens is a weird game in that anything can happen at any given moment, and uh, you just can't make the stakes. It's, it, when you play teams of that caliber, um, you miss a tackle, you know, it, it could be a 14-point swing. And so, you know, there's mistakes are magnified there. And so in those moments, it's really, really tough to make uh, big mistakes or even small mistakes in big moments. And so, you know, you, you always try to, like, learn lessons from, from losses and things like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you get away from your pattern or your structure and go up against good teams like that, you know, you're going to get burned. So you just got to stick with the process and, and, and stay with it. Definitely. Yeah, that first match against Iona, you know, a three-point difference, and then that team goes on a run afterwards. Yeah. And like you said in sevens, all it takes is one mental error or even just the bounce of the ball. Yeah. You know, it could be anything yeah. that, that swings it. I mean, if you could do that weekend over, is there anything you would change prep-wise or telling the boys anything or just you for know, next year even? I, I think, yeah, I think for us, you know, as coaches, we, you know, I think, you know, any issues now, you know, he's kind of moving, he's moving on. But um, Joe and I, for sure, you know, we look at that and we just look at like, okay, what do, what could we have done differently? What could we have prepared for? And, and, and quite frankly, I think that, you know, leading up to um, the CRCs, we were feeling pretty good, even though we weren't going to put our best foot forward having, you know, Dakota Southworth with an injury, you know, we still felt pretty good about what we were doing leading up. You know, we felt like we had a good practice schedule and things like that. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I, I don't know what we would have done different, to be honest with you. And, mm. You know, maybe, uh, you know, more room checks late at night. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that does make things a little challenging. Um, I was kind of curious, though, too, like, so the squad that you took up this time around, do you have a lot of guys that are going to be returning on this sevens roster for next year when you guys make another CRC run? Actually, we'll have quite a few that will be coming back. Um, Dakota will not be, um, and, and I think maybe one or two other guys will not be. So we'll have pretty much everybody back, and we've got really a phenomenal class coming in that has some really, really high-level seven stuff. Uh, around the country and so we're really excited about that you know we, we have a 15 season that we're really really focused on but um i think you know with the returners that we have and the new crop that we have coming in we're really excited for next year so we'll see we spent a lot of money so if i'm if i still have a job I'll, I'll <laughs> no that's awesome and i think you know people might forget that you guys are you know, at a disadvantage in a sense of you say you have to, you can't make mistakes in a sevens match. Same thing with a two-year program. It's they come in, you have two years to make something happen, and then they're moving on to whatever's next in their life, whatever that may be. So definitely they come in as a freshman or they come in as a transfer, and you only have them for just that short amount of time where other programs may have them for five, six years because of COVID. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's cool to hear you have a, a good base to come back and a good recruiting class. And what what's that like being recruiting around the country? How do you balance that with coaching the guys you have but also trying to look ahead for the future? Because, again, just such a unique program in the country compared to everybody else's situation. Well, 
Well, you know, I, I know what side of the street I live on. You know, I, I started this program so kids that are JUCO kids, quote unquote, mm -hmm. or kids that want, uh, you know, the, the the trade program. You know, much like Hob wanted the the radio TV deal. That's you know, it, that that was a two year program and things. And so I, I knew what I was getting myself into. You know, so I'm not going to complain about that. That's not something that. I can say as like, oh, that, you know, that's an unfair advantage. That, that is, it is what it is, I guess, you know, to kind of put it how I, I usually say that. That's one of my things I say. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. But yes, as far as like, you know, like having to put our foot on the gas, you know, we, we don't have the luxury of some programs that will sit a kid or develop them for a couple of years. We have to go out and recruit kids that are willing to punch up and, and to play at a high level at 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's an advantage for us, too, is that we can go out and get kids that that are wanting to play right away and not, you know, sit on the, the bench for a year or two or whatever. You know, we want kids right away. So. Huh. That's never, that's actually kind of an interesting point because I, I would have never really thought of that as, like, a key indicator to get somebody to, you know, play for, like, a two-year school. But, like, you guys obviously have something special going on over there, just, you know, the pull you guys have and the, you know, high level of recruiting you guys do and, you know, being able to send them on to even bigger, better things after they're done with your guys' program and then still being able to compete at a high level. It's just, it's impressive. Well, I, I appreciate that, Phil. You know, our, our average age of starters this year was like 19.6 or something wow. like that. <laughs> um, it's like children, practically. <laughs> and it's never going to be much different, right? So... Mm. You know, I look at a, a team like you and I, for example, who has this crop of Iowa kids coming in that are just top-level Iowa kids that are going to be there for three, four years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict right now, and I'm talking. I know we were talking about CRCs and sevens. Mm -hmm. They got third this year in sevens. I, I predict that they'll be the fifteens and sevens national champions next year. Yeah, I mean, like, I you're probably already aware, but they have, like, 11, 10 or 11 freshmen that start on that team right now. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, they're young. They got a lot of time to still keep building up. Like, I hope you're right. That would be amazing for that program. Yeah, as all of us, besides Javi sitting here, our UNI alum, like, we're, we're hoping for that. We sound biased when we say it, so it's good to hear someone <laughs> on the outside looking at their program, seeing what we think we see as well, because... Yeah, it seems, and that's the great thing about this Iowa High School League. It definitely feels like they're turning a corner and producing, getting these athletes into rugby, giving them a few years' experience. So that way, when a kid goes to college at 18 years old, you don't have to teach them the basics. You can build on that, and that's what's yeah. really great, and they've taken advantage. So I think this is just a, a moment to say, like, hey, Coach Jesus Ramirez, don't mess this up. Nelson said you got to win. So hot take right there. <laughs> Javi, clip that well, for YouTube. Tell you, sometimes, sometimes the best coaching is knowing when to stay out of the way. So. Uh -huh. um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I just, you know, I like what Iowa rugby, you know, rugby in Iowa is doing. I'd like to feel like, you know, we really kind of pushed the envelope a little bit um, and helped make it even more competitive than it is like Ant at Iowa State and, and what Tyler's doing at Iowa you know their hearts are in the right place and they just want to see rugby and Iowa get better and you know I think that you know you live in a flyover state in the middle of nowhere kind of you know those those statements get thrown around a little bit and uh, you know I think all, all four of us collectively 
and, and especially the, the the women's coaches too, like you know Kelsey and Megan. You know, we're really like pushing it, and and we're like, you know what, we're, we're tired of you know getting looked over or passed by or whatever. And although some programs have had some success in, in years past, you know, with national championships and um, you know like Paul Emmerich coming out of U and I and things like that, like. We're like, hey, look, look, look to Iowa as a rugby hotbed. You know, yeah. we want to be that, and and that's pretty cool. That's cool to see. Definitely, and that's a big reason why we started this podcast was we feel like there is something very special happening because of in all these little pockets around the state, everybody's doing something that mm-hmm. feels like is like everyone's pushing each other. And like you said, I definitely feel when Iowa Central started. It definitely seemed like the state schools were like, we got to step it up. Like, these guys are going to get those 18-year-olds who are ready to go, and they can offer something we can't. We got to figure out how to change the game because you just changed it. So definitely it feels like, you know, rising. everybody better, yeah. Yeah, rising tide raises all ships, and definitely, and we we love it. We love to see what you're doing, and it's awesome to see. So we know we, we called you out of the blue here. We appreciate your time. We hope to... Have you on for a full episode sometime in person. Last question I have for you. In that budget, how much of it was spent on hoagies and glizzies? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, how, how's going to pay for that? <laughs> My question, I have one too. How much is spent on Diet Mountain Dews? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh man, we we got we got we got DeAndre. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a part of the show. <laughs> hey, um, so Diamond Dew, uh, I don't I don't charge the school for that. I always use my own money for it. But, okay, because um, I, I would definitely get fired if I was. <laughs> well, Brent, thank you for stopping in. Uh, we appreciate everything you're doing, and good luck this summer and going into fall. We appreciate it, man. Have a good one. All right. Cheers, boys. Thanks for doing this. This is great. Love it. Cheers. 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 All right. Whoosh. All right. And that was the head coach of Iowa Central, Brent Nelson. Javi, thanks for the hookup. No, of course. <laughs> uh, anything for my boys. Anything for my B-side boys. Oh, jeez. <laughs> thanks, Javi. <laughs> well, that's kind of nice. We're, we're sitting here prepping for the show. We were going to do this whole... B-Side Boys City Town Hall meeting with, with a bunch of the young guys, and they're doing big things, and we're like, oh, man, what could we do in short notice? And Javi's like, we're talking CRCs. I got a coach on speed dial. And what's good about that is, hey, we got another coach that we can talk to because in the women's side, in the premier division, so the University of Iowa, they stepped up huge. They finished 10th in the nation. And then in the same division – you and I finished fifth. And what's crazy is Lindenwood got first place. Everybody knew Lindenwood was going to get first. Yeah. They have like 80 girls on the roster, varsity program. Life got second. Amazing program. Penn State, I think, was third. Something like that. Yep. Did Life go? I don't think Life went. Life got they second. Did. Yeah, they did got there? second place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, women's. Okay. Women's. women's. Yeah. I'm talking women's. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're on to women's. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you I was really confused why Life wasn't <laughs> so, in the men's. Side. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't I didn't read about that. Yeah, because life won the college, the USA yeah, division. That's the crazy thing about sevens in the spring is because everybody in the world of rugby, in the United States, has a different view on how it should be done. So there's like 
37 different sevens national champions yeah. because you had the CRCs, you had the National College Rugby Sevens by USA Rugby, you have Premier, D1, D2, small college. So, I mean, it, it's tough, but the thing is, this was a Premier Division with the top two women's programs, and Penn State is right up there with them. You and I finished fifth. That is homegrown Iowa talent coached by uh, Megan Flanagan, who's from Iowa, and just, they're doing amazing things. And we also have the head coach of you and I, Megan Flanagan, that's going to be joining us here. And we're going to get her view on how the tournament went for her as well. Hey, uh, okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what, what were you thinking? How's it going? Flan, how's it going? Going pretty well. How about you? Good. You asked me how it's going, and I said, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to the B-Side Boys podcast. We're glad you could join us to talk a little bit about your experience at the CRCs. Thanks for joining us on short notice here. Yeah, no worries. I'm excited. Yeah, so first things first, congratulations. Fifth in the nation in the Premier Division. That's That's huge. That's huge, and that's like insane can you tell us what that experience was like just tell us everything yeah absolutely i know it's awesome i'm still kind of coming down off about nine um <laughs> i mean of those 16 teams i mean the university of iowa is in it and then the rest they're all varsity or fully funded teams so for us to come out um three and one and in that bracket was was awesome uh credit to my girls for just playing their best and and just leading up to the tournament, they really wanted to do well and prove to people that, you know, they belong in these conversations. So, yeah, it was, I just love playing those teams, those upper-level teams, because it just makes us better. And we take so much from it coming back home um, to get more tools in our tool belt and to work harder and know what we need to do to just get to that next step. So, all in all, it's an awesome experience. Definitely. And the fact you get to play in New Orleans, it always looks like on social media – your girls are loose. They're having fun. They're yeah. they're they enjoyed it. Look like every minute of that experience. Uh, Doing all their TikToks and stuff. All whatever the young kids do oh, these yeah. days. <laughs> I see that yep, you got in the TikTok. Uh, the NCR loves us. The whole staff they love when we show up to tournaments, and I think that's what um, why we're so successful is just they're able to have fun, and then they're also they're so they do so well at turning that switch on the moment they step on the field. Uh, so it's really fun to see and witness. And like before our Virginia Tech game, they were doing their TikToks and they were dancing and doing the interlude right next to Virginia Tech when they were warming up. And then the moment <laughs> we started warming up, like that switch was on, and it was on until the last whistle of that game. So yeah, but, but everyone, everyone at NCR on the staff, they love when we're around because I mean it just shows in those videos that they do have a lot of fun playing the game and prove that you can have fun and take it seriously all at once so definitely i know that's something like when coaching our roosevelt girls we've shown up to tournaments before and it's like i don't need 90 minutes to warm them up because they're going to be gassed they're only playing for 14 minutes like you're stretched and you got to get your mind right and make sure your hands are good to go you know what all can you do some teams i feel like they get to that opening whistle and they're already they have like half tank left you know because they're so amped Mm -hmm. up and they're so tired from the warm-up um, it just seems like, too, with that, there's also a level of continuity off the field that transfers onto the field. The level of, like, 
those girls knew exactly where their teammates were going to be. And seeing how quickly they got to the breakdown to protect their teammates, I feel like you build that off the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. When, when a team is good friends off the field, it, it just it makes it that much better. Because you're right, they do know exactly the lines that they're going to be running just because they know each other more than just those 14 minutes or 80 minutes and 15. Like, they know... They know their favorite food, their color, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, the continuity off the field plays a huge, huge role. And, and you see those teams that are winning championships, like in the NBA or, you know, professional leagues, they're all just good friends mm-hmm. and they're having the best time. So it definitely plays a huge role. And I'm not huge on a big warm-up. Never really have been. Um, it just takes a toll on your mind, too, mentally, if you're warming up for that long. Yeah. Because then you just kind of get out of a flow. So, yeah. Any time they can just relax and just let their minds kind of flow free. And when, it, when a player is most relaxed, it's best to play. Definitely. It reduces that, like, game anxiety where they overthink mm-hmm. what they do. They do so well, they can do it with their eyes closed, but when they overthink and they put mm-hmm. too much stress on it, then they start to get the yips a little bit and kind of forget what their their muscle memory kind of disappears. And, and, you know, I think it's cool, too, when watching that on – you know, the rugby channel, seeing you and I against Penn State, Clemson, Virginia Tech. When you think, like, college sports, you think of those teams competing for, like, national titles in basketball and football. Like, those are household Mm -hmm. names. Those are programs that people recognize. So to see you and I not only matched up with them, but beating a team like Clemson or Virginia Tech, it's it's so cool to see. How do do your girls feel about that? Because I don't know if they're watching college football or like realizing how big of those universities they are, what do they feel like? What are the girls view on playing teams like that? They actually think the exact same way that, I mean, you just said it, the, those big names, everyone knows those big names. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they took a, they took a lot of pride coming back from this tournament to be able to say, you know, they can say for years and years and years that they beat Clemson and they beat Virginia tech and, on CBS Sports and on Rugby Network. So, yeah, they definitely didn't take that for granted at all. They know it plays a big role in, in their confidence and, and then how we can portray ourselves as a program. Uh, and we're able to, to tell these people, you know, that we're playing these big schools, we're beating them, we're hanging right there with them. So, yeah, that was definitely a huge, like, pride moment for us to be able to say we're playing against these big teams and, and beating them and giving the University of Northern Iowa a name for themselves as well. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty wild to see, uh, especially uh, these big schools. You know, they're a lot of them are you know big D one programs. They have a really large player pool. You know, realistically, because these universities are you know mm-hmm. a lot larger. So like for you guys to pull some of the athletes that you have from honestly such a smaller pool is honestly pretty crazy. You know, just how good you guys actually are. I mean, but you and I has always you know kind of had that uh, history. The women's team has always been like phenomenal in rugby. Like as far mm-hmm. as I can remember. Um, <laughs> you know, like you know, you know, you were there. Obviously, you, there yeah. you played for them, <laughs> but like, so how many girls do you have from Iowa? Like, I mean, is the is the whole team one hundred percent Iowa? Yep, the whole team is one hundred percent Iowa. How many of those girls and played in the high school league? Like, what's that look like? So it's crazy. We're actually like going to be flipping a whole new page here. So this year, back in fifteen, when we played in the national championship, there's one player that played on the field that played high school rugby. That was Emma Bacon, and she's a freshman. And then this year in seven, 
and in the CRCs in all seven season, we've had zero players on the field that played high school. What? Yeah. But you're recruiting yeah, class, none. right? Are you bringing some in? Yeah, so next year we have 11 coming in wow. that have played rugby before. That's going to save so a lot like, of time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, wow, we can start, like, where we usually start in mid-season is where we can start now. We don't have to teach, like, don't pass it forward. That's how you pass it. <laughs> That's... <laughs> like, so I'm, I, I, I still can't fathom what's going to happen next year. I'm super stoked. and Honestly, I'm very, like, humbled and grateful to have these players, like all 11 of these players that I even so far, 11 of these players that are coming in have all reached out to me individually. They've taken them on tours around the university. They want to come play for our program. So it's really neat and humbling to just to know that. And some of these players are they're getting offered scholarships across the country. So the fact that they're choosing to forgo those and, and to come to you and I for our team is it's just it's awesome. It's it's really great. I'm I'm just so excited to be able to work with them and and to have that foundation of a freshman class coming in. I don't know. I, I can't wrap my head around what it's going to do to our program. Yeah, that's um, that's amazing. Because I'm sitting yeah. here thinking of just even, you know, when we were playing and going to college over ten years ago, and it was you'd be lucky to have eleven new players at a time, let alone eleven people with exactly. experience. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I think that goes full circle back into the community that not only you but you and your players are building is creating this environment where people are like, I don't care that I have to pay full tuition. I want that experience. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to go there because they're having fun on and off the field, and I think that's a credit to what you and the current girls are building and with that uh, you had a strong senior class um who are some of those leaders you had down at the crc that are going to be missed and do they have plans after college like what what's next for them yeah so from the crcs we're just losing burns maggie burns oh okay we're gonna see her in an eagles jersey at some point or what i you know what i like to think so i i truly believe so it's a matter of time she's just She's one of those players that comes around not very often in your lifetime, so it's been awesome to be able to coach her. She's doing an awesome thing. She works so hard. She's actually going to go up to the Twin Cities next year and play for the Amazon. Nice. So she's got plans for that. She's moving here in the summer to do that. She wants to play in WPL. You know, being an Eagle is a dream of hers and a goal, so she's working towards that. Her and a few others are going to be playing in the U23 All-Star Tournament that's next week nice. with the Midwest team. So we got that going, and then from that tournament, the U23 USA coaches will be there scouting for their tour in Canada in July. So I'm hoping. Cross my fingers. Yeah. Um, and don't you have three other girls? That. Don't you have three other girls yeah, going yep. to that camp too? And they're all going to return yep. next year to you? Yep. Yep. So I have Tatiana Reed. Sierra Sanderson and Aubrey Burrish will all be going to the Midwest, and they're all coming back. We'll have them in the fall. And then 11 so. freshmen on top of everyone else. Like, wow. You and yeah. I is going to be stacked next year. I know. No pressure. It's going to be, <laughs> yeah. be a lot of fun. I had no pressure at all. It should probably be a first-place finish, <laughs> and if anything less, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not, we're know. not saying it right now, but you kind of have to win a championship with that. Like, you just sold us. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited. I know talked to some of the freshmen. They're excited, too, to join. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a good group coming in. So, it's yeah. a good group coming back. 
Definitely. We have to do Miss Burns, but she's—I mean, she's left this program in great hands, and she's made it better than how she found it. So she's done her job, and we're confident moving forward. So it's great. That's Definitely. awesome. I still can't quite wrap my head around that. None of those girls played rugby in high school beforehand, so you clearly did yeah. a great job with them developing their skills. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I give all the credit to them. They're the ones putting in the action and putting in the work. So Ooh. I was giving some guidelines, and, and then they just run with it. Well, it's cool to see, too. Like, I've seen videos and, like, snaps and stuff like that of you guys, like, not only just, you know, like, with practice and stuff, but also, like, getting in the weight room and stuff like that, too. Like, putting in, like, you know, mm-hmm. work off the field, which is obviously really helpful, too. So it's really cool oh, to yeah, see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of our biggest um, kind of arguments to the university after the fall championships was, it's like, I just need some resources. Like, give me a give me a weight room and let my players get in there as a team so we can, you know, really hang with these top-notch players. Because that's the only thing that's dividing us right now is just the resources that mm. Life and Lindenwood and Penn State have versus what we have. So we were able to, um, the university gave us two days in the weight room by ourselves per week. So that, that truly helped us, I believe, kind of getting to that next level in a sense going into the CRCs. So that was really cool and strengthened our team too. And it's like, I just that little bit helped us in a huge way. It's like, just give me some more. <laughs> just a little more <laughs> help. Imagine yeah. what I can do with it. And it definitely helps when you come home with hardware from these big tournaments or mm-hmm. Hey, look at this. We're we're on CBS or we're on this streaming platform getting tagged. You know, what other programs are doing that? Varsity programs at the university are doing that at the level that you are on their own, unfunded, you know, just making moves and right. being seen and it's all about the social media yeah. engagement and people were talking about you and I. So, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We want to reach out to you again before the the fall season. Uh, to get a kind of preview yeah. of what you guys got going on. But thank you for joining Absolutely. us. Again, congratulations on that third-place finish. Uh, but, yeah, good luck Thanks. this summer, and we'll we'll reach back out to you at the end of summer. Yeah. No, awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, it was, Appreciate it. It was really nice for you to do this last second with us. Um, yeah, we would love to get you in person sometime soon. It, like Grace said, oh, for yeah. the fall season, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm totally down for that. Yeah, and we can talk about like the high school girls season that'll be starting up there too. And I think Phil's going to be coaching yeah. a, head, a head coach of a girls team. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just okay. put him on the spot there. So. I'm not allowed 500 feet to a school. <laughs> okay, we are cutting that part out. You can't say that, Phil. Why not? I am a teacher. Like, come on. Technically not anymore. <laughs> Buy double license. I'm in a school. Oh, shoot. Well, thank you, Megan. We'll talk to you yeah, later. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. And that was Megan Flanagan, head coach of the University of Northern Iowa women's team and player for the WPL Twin City Amazons. Awesome to hear from her. Yeah, no, it was really nice for her to uh, do this last second with us and get her take on the CRC and just everything the women's team is doing. It's really cool to hear and yeah, excited to see how they do this next year with you know this incoming class. Yeah, no pressure. I feel like I was <laughs> we like might put her on the spot. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you you lose all these seniors. I thought Sarah was a senior. Like she, I, she's I actually so. going back. She has one more year. I wow. talked her at um, all Iowa. All so Iowa. Nice. She has one year left, and she's pretty excited. Dude, she's a baller at fullback. Yeah. Oh she yeah, was, she's good. Uh, first team and 15s at fullback. Yeah, mm-hmm. she cuts people up and then like offensively, and then she cuts people in half defensively. Yeah, yeah. the fact that they're they're only losing. I mean, granted, I mean Meg, Maggie, that's a big one. She's <laughs> she's insane. 
But the fact you're bringing in so much depth, and then you bring ever, excuse me, everyone else back. I'm still so shocked that she didn't play rugby in high school. Like she's so good. Yeah, no, it's, it's wild. It's amazing what they're doing there. And then uh, we talked to Kelsey McDowell last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, her women's team finished fifth in the D1 side, and so you know we said they were going to win national title. Boy, were they close. They had some very close matchups. They they beat Cootstown. 22-10. They also beat Kent State 40-7. They beat, let's see, they had to play Kent State again. They beat them again. And then they also, so they lost some pool play to Indiana University, Purdue University. And then they had a very tough close loss to Wisconsin, Euclid. And then the very final was Notre Dame. Nope, that was the men's one. So congratulations to Kelsey on that fifth place finish. Awesome job out of them. You know, it's tough. You head down there as a club. And, I mean, they competed with the best of the best in the D1 club. Then, you and I men. This is probably where we'll spend a lot of time because <laughs> Most of it, yeah. me, D, and Phil all went to you and I. They finished in third place. A crazy tournament. Again, yeah. we, were, we were at a wedding for our buddy, homeboy, Chris Aguero. He got married in Davenport, or Moline. Uh, congrats to him, former you and I guy. So we're all like checking our phones the next morning, trying yeah. to watch, watching some highlights too of anything we missed. And oh, third place finish. Yeah. They were so close oh. in that match to go to the national championship. They played IUP, yeah. who won the whole thing. They won the whole thing. They got down a couple of tries by halftime, and they battled back. And David Randall had the most <sighs> sick fake. Switch pop pass I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Dude, that kid is such a baller. I wonder where he gets it from. Probably his dad. Probably his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gentry Stack also, he's insane. Like, out. Yeah. That whole team, and they're young. They're going to bring yeah. almost everybody back that they had. Uh, D, what did you see? You watched a few matches on your phone. Oh, I just think their effort. They never gave up on the play. They always had support. I think sevens, uh, support is a really big thing in sevens. Like, even if someone has a breakaway, uh, they always had support there, and they had a really good offloads. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I remember watching one of the games where they, another team just scored, and uh, they didn't have much time left, and they went right down the field and um, end up scoring because it was off of a pop pass mm. from getting tackled, and the guy ran in for a try. It's those little things that makes a good sevens team. Oh, yeah. And, like, it was really hot down there, too. Like, they, there was one match that they had to bounce back, and they had very short time to recover. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of heart from those boys. Love the UNI boys. They had that big run, too, in that, uh, what was it, the, I think it was third-place match where it was, like, off a of scrum. It was, like, only, like, five meters away from their own try zone. They just ran it all the way down the field. Oh, that was insane. That was nuts. Yeah. Was that, what's his name, Nick, I think? Yeah, I think his name's Nick. Is he from Norwalk? I think so, yeah. yeah he's that, fast. Hey, look, freshman. Yeah, yeah, he's really fast. That was amazing. Like, he got, like, tackled, but he was still able to get back up to his feet and dive in for a try. It was cool. Like we said, July 30th is alumni weekend, and I can't wait to congratulate those boys in person. Know, it was and, a historic year for us, actually. Like, what, I think it was our first trip to CRC. I mean, obviously, best place finish. I mean, third place is huge. It is huge. Yeah. It's really big. And I mean, a lot of those teams are varsity programs, too. So Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, they beat Norwich. Norwich beat them in 15s. Mm-hmm. Norwich is a varsity program. They beat them in 7s. That was pretty cool. Wow. Take that. Norwich. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
Honestly, them losing, like, I mean, they didn't lose that bad in the semifinals to IUP, though, too, which, like we were talking about, they won the whole thing. Like, you know, to lose to the national champions and not, you know, not have it really be, you know, that far off. It's It was 29 to 26. Yeah. You make it sound like it was, like, 10 points. It was three points. Three points, you know. Yeah. And, like, they had to come back. They were down yeah. a few tries, but they came back. I'm excited to see what they do because, again, they have a good young base. We have good high school kids coming up. Uh, any of your Urbandale boys going to you and I? No, unfortunately. Um, a lot of my boys are um, playing other sports. I have a kid going to Iowa as a receiver. I have another one going to Iowa Western as a football player, and then a baseball player, and then another wrestler, two wrestlers. Do they um, have names? Give them a um, shout-out. Uh, or is it secret? Grant Ferguson, he's going to Iowa as a receiver. Hayden is going to... Um, a wrestling school, I can't remember. Casey Ross will be going to um, Platteville, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he might play rugby. Yeah, um, he he likes all of our Wombats posts. Like, he's he's a fan of our stuff. I would love yeah. to see him play for us someday. He should play sevens this summer with us. Um, I'm pretty sure he's, he's really into wrestling. Is he I, is he training for college yeah, right Yeah, I'm now? pretty sure he's gotcha. training for college. Um, I well, good have, luck to him. Yeah, I do have one guy. He's going up to Iowa, Alex Else. No, not else. I can't think of his last name. But um, I hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> he's going. He's a pretty good player. I'm excited to see what Tyler Daly could do with him. Um, yeah. But I I think six. No, sorry. Eight or nine seniors this year. Ooh. Uh, with only uh, three guys coming back. So next year is going to be take some recruiting. But. So I want to get into that. But before I do, uh, I'm just going to hit on real quick. The men's small college, we said Central and Wayne were going to play for a national title. They actually played for seventh place. Central College beat Wayne State 45-0. So Wayne finished eighth. Central finished seventh. Wow. Central College said that like every time they play Wayne State, Wayne State beats Central. Really? And so that was like overcoming a huge hump. I think like when you look at Wayne State's schedule, I swear they played 12 games down in the CRC. They played more really? games than anybody else. I, I didn't really check much to, on the small college scores, um, so I guess I wasn't really too aware of what was going on there. You but jerk. I know. My bad. <laughs> no, that's wild. Oh, no prep, Phil. <laughs> Back at it again. Back at it again. It's on the run sheet. Small college. <laughs> but I didn't watch small college. Way to sell it. <laughs> no, so Central College, they overcame Wayne State. Those dudes are rivals. They're, they're both small colleges. They're pretty close to each other because, I mean, it's hard to find Western Iowa over in Nebraska, other teams to play. They play each other a lot. 45-0. to zero, I just think Wayne State ran out of gas. Yeah. Uh, that pretty much, that it's, it's sevens. If you get on a run, it happens. And like um, Nelson was saying, you make one or two little mistakes, you know, a lot of things can happen. Momentum's huge. It is. Momentum's huge. So, congratulations to everyone who competed at CRC. Uh, the, the United States of Rugby, the United States of Iowa Rugby, they said that on the broadcast when Iowa State played. It was uh, like I, NBC Sports, I think, shouted out Iowa, wasn't it? CBS. It was it CBS? Okay. It was CBS, CBS. that shouted yep. out. Yep. The, Which is really cool that people are noticing. Yeah, and I think that's something like every Iowan can take pride in is the fact that everybody's doing their part. Mm. And I think that's the thing. If everyone does their part, everyone coaches or plays or does whatever they do in their little part, and it has an impact, we will keep growing. Even if we have less resources, even if we have a smaller player pool, no one is going to outwork us. No one's going to do it. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. And so speaking of work and cutting the work out for him, DeAndre, you said next year you're, you're going to have a lot of work to do with Urbandale. What's the plan to recruit? How do you rebuild? It's kind of – I wouldn't say it's easy, but I kind of have like a foot – You almost said easy. Foot <laughs> the door. Uh, so I went to Urbandale. So uh, I know the football coach, and last year he allowed me to come in and talk to his football guys. This year I think I'm going to take it up a bit. And um, talk to not only the varsity team, but talk to the freshman football team and the tenth grade football team, as long as as long with the wrestling group. And hopefully, I could get a couple, not a couple, like 10, 15 younger classmen out. So then I can have build on that. So when they're seniors, we can make another run. We made the last two years, finishing third, the last in the top four, the last. Uh, two years finishing third last year, so um, I'm looking. At, it's going to be a rebuild, but at the same time, I don't believe in a rebuild. I just believe in the next man in that's yeah. going to come in and give the same effort as the person that played for him last year. That's the thing. I think rebuild is such an interesting word because it can mean for a lot of people like like when I think of sports teams. Being a Chicago sports fan, I hear the word rebuild all the time. Why does a rebuild rebuild have to mean you're not going to win for a while. Like, why can't you rebuild while trying to win? Right. And I think that's the – and when we coached Valley this year, we talked about, yeah, we're rebuilding, but we're also trying to win. You know, it's not like, oh, this is – because we had seniors. We had guys who were pouring, pouring their hearts out, you know, and trying to get those younger guys is huge so you can build every single year. Mm-hmm. Uh, D, did you know Phil's going to coach, like, a combo North Hoover boys team? It's possible. You know – that would really probably aggravate me because I've been trying to get on my coaching staff <laughs> for the last two go. years. And to hear that he's going to go coach a Hoover well, North team, I, it will make me a little mad. But grow the game. Grow the game. <laughs> I'll allow it, but just know there's going to be a rivalry. And my team, I'm never taking my starters down. I'm going to try to score 100 points every freaking time. <laughs> Phil, oh, rebuttal. Yeah. I don't know if I have one really, but I was just going to actually ask a question. So, like, you obviously have the connection with uh, Urbandale football coach, you know, wrestling coaches. What would you suggest for somebody who doesn't have the connections to any coaches on, like, how to get in there and get hold of some, like, people to talk to? Are you asking for yourself? Maybe. I might be. I might need some insider, insider well, secrets. If you're asking for yourself, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so, but for other if people I'm starting new teams. somebody else that's starting a new team, I was just telling her, um, you always go on their high school page and um, go to the athletic director, the sports page, and they have all the football coaches' emails, wrestling people emails, even the track coach email, and just email them, ask them, hey, let them know you're not trying to take away from their sport. All you're trying to do is have them stay in shape and give them another option of a sport. Let them know it's a club sport. And I also let them know because in the spring you got – Track and baseball, one of the two big ones. And now you have um, folk style wrestling during the spring that yeah. they do. And you want to let those coaches know that you're never going to take away from their time and that you are always put their sport first and you'll work around them and their schedule and let them know that even though they're coming to play rugby, the school sport is still the number one priority mm-hmm. and you're, as you're coaching. And that's just like temporary until we get yeah. rugby to be varsity. And then it's like, okay, no, we're even. But, yeah, yeah you got to make it work. And as uncomfortable as those conversations are, 
you know, when you have to email DeAndre people that you've never talked to, you know, what's that like? I mean, there's probably a lot of uncomfortable, like, oh, I have to reach out to this coach. I've never talked to him before. You, you just got to do it, right? Yeah, you just got to do it. You're going to have, you got to have the uncomfortable talk. Um, last year uh, with my baseball guys, it was um, a game, game day. And uh, some of my baseball guys said the coaches wasn't going to let them play. And so since knowing the guy, I reached out to him and it was a very awkward conversation but at the end of the day, we both worked out a plan for, to get them to come play, and it worked out for the best for both both teams. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, no, we're we're hoping to see more teams, and we joke, but I, I really do hope that we get more Wombats coaching because we need to grow the league. It makes it better, and I think every year it's gotten better. But why? Like we can spread the web, you know, make yeah. it a bigger net. Get more people involved. Yeah, I mean, with COVID taking that dip, but it looks like we're starting to build back up slowly but surely. And, yeah, I think, you know, that whole sheet you have with all the potential high schools and stuff like that, there's a lot of opportunity out there to have more teams. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's just it's all about just connecting the dots, finding the people where they're at, the schools that are nearby, making it work, you know. So, Did we have any new teams last year? I don't know if we did. What teams were those? Uh... Trying to think, trying to think. No. Easton Valley split. That was like it. Mm. So East did come back last year after taking a year hiatus, which yeah. is awesome to see. And they had like five guys, six, seven guys on Valley last year, but they both were like six and six. Yeah. Mm. I mean, six guys from one, six from the other. They were 0 and 12 the year before, but they split this year. East did beat Roosevelt. That was huge for them. And then Valley, you know, got a couple of wins, four wins. Mm. Building, building. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, unless there's all these athletes just chilling there. So right. <laughs> hopefully, we see more teams. A lot of, a lot of rugby stuff, man. D, what else, what's on your mind right now about rugby? What what's the most pressing thing? I know it's like a hard turn. We've talked a lot about rugby, high school rugby, in the first six episodes. So I don't want to like repeat some of these things we've said, but just being a guy who's played in high school. You played in college, you played for Bremer, you helped start the Wombats, you coach a high school team, uh, we got summer sevens coming up, then a fall league. What is the number one thing, like, in your mind, like, what what's happening? Um, I think rugby in Iowa is uh, slowly, since I, when I started playing, we didn't have, like, Quad City was not a team yet, I, again, and then um, Dubuque wasn't a team. But since I started playing, we've seen a lot of teams come back. But also at the same time, we've seen a lot of teams lose lose players. Mm -hmm. Like the numbers like fluctuate. But recently, a lot of teams has been um, coming back and coming at full strength. Like last year, I think we had eight teams in D three, and mostly everybody was able to play, which is awesome to see. Um, I think I think that needs to grow. Is uh, we need out more rugby like events to like bring more people and to bring the community. Like all eyes, you guys talked about all eyes. We need to get more teams in all eyes. Mm-hmm. Maybe even open it up to outside teams and like. And I, I think they did. I just don't think like the word got out there. Yeah. Like a lot of people didn't know, and you know, thinking of that too. Did you see what Mason City did this past week? 
Uh, yes. Um, I actually talked to Mark about that. It's actually really cool. So this fall. Yeah, this tell spring, me about actually, it. This summer. Um, no, but backtrack on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. Um, this spring, Mason City numbers was um, down bad. So they ended up um, taking their spring off to like reevaluate things and figure out how to get numbers. And so talking with Mark, he uh, made a seventh. Um, like know. an inner city league, inner city yeah. Seven yeah, yeah. Where he um, appointed like multiple people that lived in the area. And was like, hey, like one of them was Willie. He's like, Willie, you got a team? Go out and get eight to ten to twelve people, and then Mark got other people, and then other people got other people, and they come together and just play sevens, and they have fans there, and just getting those people in and watch mm. might this fall have more people interested in playing because now it's adding yeah. more to the rugby mix because they're coming out and they're starting with seven. A lot of people saying sevens is not, shouldn't be the focal point because 15 and always will be like the premier yeah. is 15, 15. But like with me, like I never would play 15s if I never went out for sevens. I think sevens for the younger people and people who never played is a lot easier to learn because it's more fast-paced. You got to fucking learn. And it catches your eye. It does. And it, it, you got to learn faster. You can't just... And 15, is, I wouldn't say it's a slower pace. But oh, it's, it's a slower pace. It's yeah. slower than 7, and you have a lot more time to just sit and watch. And on, like, 7, it's like, you don't have 15, 5 to 10 seconds to watch what's going on, because if you do that, you're going to mess up the whole flow of the game, as in 15, you can sit there and be like, oh, I'm tired. I'll give myself a 15-second break. And You almost said minute. And yeah. You looked at me. <laughs> you looked right at me. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that. and I will do that. <laughs> um, and nothing really would come out of it. But in sevens, it's fast-paced. You got to learn how to slide better on defense. You got to learn how to one-on-one tackle. It's in 15s, you don't one-on-one tackle. It's you're bringing too many people in the rock and then your defensive line. Yep. And so there's a lot of like little tiny details where sevens, it's just like get to the other side. Here's a little rock. But really, I mean, it's just such open, free flowing play. You don't have to. Okay, everyone stop. We have to explain this rule. All you have to do. Here's a rock. Here's a tackle. Here's a breakdown forward pass. That's it. Um, Make sure we know those rules and there's no infractions there. Game on. So to go back to Mason City. When they were supposed to play us this spring, I'm pretty sure when I talked to Mark, they had like six guys who were like, we're coming down, sorry, we can't make it work, we apologize, we need to reevaluate things. So they had six people available. Do you know how many people were at their sevens event? It looked like almost 50. Yeah, I think they posted on Facebook, it was over 40 participated, maybe it was 50, but they took a group photo and it was massive. So they took time... They went to the drawing board. They're like, let's do this sevens league. They appointed players who, maybe those six guys, and I think they have six um, teams in the league. They have yeah. logos. They have team names. And so it's just Mason City area, and they get together once a week, and they have a league with standings. And I'm pretty sure they do it for free, too, just to grow yeah. the sport to hopefully get people in the fall. 
Is there inner city league? Their inner city sevens league was. That, is it a touch league or is it actual tackle? I think it's actual tackle. Really? Yeah. All right. And then they also had fans there. They said they had a whole full sideline and the clubhouse was full of fans really? watching. I mean, I feel like we should do that in Des Moines. Like maybe get with cool um, Des Moines rugby and be like, hey, let's meet at this place. We play six or seven games and we just get fans out there and we play on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night and just. Grow you, the game. You know what we could do, and what we're our next episode on Friday, we're gonna have uh, Nate Tisdale, the president from Des Moines Rugby and Husky Jacob Huskinson, mm-hmm. their social media guy. Um, I think he does something else for him too. They're good dudes. We'll talk to them about this. But think about this: what if we had a draft? We took all <laughs> the wombats and all the Des Moines guys, and then we had captains, and then you drafted a team of. Nine guys. And then, or eight guys. Yeah, let's say eight. And then, people who aren't on a team, you sign free agents. So it brings in new people. Because you either play with the eight guys you drafted, and maybe someone can't make it a night. Cool, you have seven guys. Or you go out into the community, hey, you want to play sevens? Introduce them that way. That's how you could grow Did you the just game. think of that on the spot, or were you, have you been thinking about this? 100% just came to me. No? Okay. Dude, no, you that, know, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you know how my idea. brain works, Phil. I'm yeah, always scheming. I'm always thinking. I'm, when, I, like, when we start talking about Mason City and their inner city sevens, uh, I'm already thinking of how can I steal this and make it our own. <laughs> like, full transparency. I mean, that's how everyone, that, like Brent Nelson said, Everybody's pushing each other to be better. If Mason City can do something like that, that like well done, why can't well, we Mason, do that in our community? Like Mason people are not, you know, it's a lot smaller than Des Moines, so we right. have a lot larger player pool we can pull from. Yeah, definitely. And you know, here's the thing: right now, game two, NBA Finals. There's ten minutes, forty five seconds left. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday night. DeAndre, what team is yours? <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, it's 93 to 64. Dude, you, there's not a button on the TV. Boston is losing. He's a Boston fan. Don't break my TV. I got it. I got it. Hey, but you know what? Hey, here's the thing. Boston is seven. <laughs> there's a lot of series left. Boston is seven. I thought they were going to do it in four. <laughs> we're bringing up 18 to this year. Are you going to make a Facebook post about how people aren't talking? Or? Yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, we still want to end Warriors land. We're going back to Boston, baby. They ain't winning there. What ties do you have to Boston? Why Boston? Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. They, um, I wore number five in high school because I loved the aggression of Kevin Garnett. I thought it was because of Drew Tate. Oh, man. Did love Drew Tate. <laughs> Drew Tate was an animal. Rose Bowl. Phenomenal pass. God. Oh, you don't remember? Oh, I Against remember. LSU. Wait, was it that Rose wasn't Bowl? the Rose Bowl? That no, was the Outback Bowl. Outback, okay. Outback Bowl. The Rose Bowl. Bowl game. Still. Say, last time I, I went to the Rose Bowl, we got our no, asses kicked. Yeah, he was. I I remember exactly where I was. I was at Matt Gamble's house on New Year's Day, eating little cracker dip like they had it in a ball. You ever had that? Oh little, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah it's got like bacon and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. The cheese ball. Yeah, the, and and we're just sitting there playing cards at the kitchen counter, watching that. Uh, Drew Tate Warren Holloway. Yeah. He's like, why did he call it a? T-? He's gonna spike it. Though. We're running out of time. Oh, touchdown, Warren Holloway. Haven't had a good QB since then. Petrus, Petrus, if you're listening to this, you should just <laughs> leave Iowa and. Oh, okay, he is a student. 
athlete. He is a student, not an athlete. <laughs> he cannot throw in the middle. Man, and I if I have like... to watch another season of Peaches' <laughs> overthrow or underthrow wide open receivers, I might become an Iowa State fan, and I do not want to oh, do that. That's, that's the meat. Over, just because of Peaches? Like, oh my dude, God. the run game is going to be sick in the defense. Oh, but we can't win a game if Peaches can't throw the freaking ball. I feel like this is the same story with Stanley. Like, oh, Stanley overthrew. And dude, I hated people. Stanley, too. Who's before Stanley? Oh, um, oh, was, Christensen. No, Bethard. He was good. Yeah, Bethard. Bethard yeah. took us oh, to the oh, Rose Bowl, even okay. though we got out kicked. Yeah, well, that wasn't great. Oh, um, McCaffrey. That yeah, was the Connor yeah. Christian. Connor Mc- yeah. Christian. Yeah. And before that, we had Christensen. Left-hand Christensen. Yeah, Dick Christensen. No, hold on. Sorry, it wasn't Christensen. It was Rudock. And Rudock played like trash, but they went to Michigan. Wait, Jay Christensen was after Drew Tate, right? Yeah. That's when they went but, like 6-6 six well, six or Yeah, something. but then they had uh, Rudock, and Rudock was trash for Iowa, chance for the Michigan. And, somehow, and he, he beat out Vandenberg. I was like, how? What? Yeah, no, everything's Iowa football. It's weird. You know, okay, here's here's what they need to do. Forget about quarterbacks. They Ryan need to sign Pence. Ryan Gray mm-hmm. no. at QB. Run the triple option. We'll be fine. <laughs> Pop kick. Actually, no, 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 no. Change oh, the Get plan. rid of Brian Ferentz. Get rid of him and put Ryan Gray as the <laughs> offensive coordinator. And he's going to run that triple option and make it look beautiful. I've seen it in Madden. <laughs> the Madden League. Oh, man. When we have Andy. And put him at defense, a coordinator, and he'll run that mid blitz. <laughs> we're, bringing, we're bringing six yeah. every single time. Double A gap. Double nickel, a. nickel, double A. It, it works, I'm telling you. <laughs> Too much pressure. That's and our secondary is already good, so that's not, it's not like our yeah. secondary can't cover. We can cover. Riley Moss is coming back. He's going to be Dude, the best yeah. DB in NCAA. So. Oh, that's easy. pretty awesome he's coming back. I thought for sure he was going to the league. No, I think with his injury, I think he talked to some scouts and they tell him, give yourself one more year with a knee. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Well, yeah, we kind of got off onto a little tangent there. But, hey, we <laughs> love all again, sports. Petrus. We're not throw a freaking ball. I hope somebody knows Petrus and just sends this to him. Like, <laughs> He's coming to your head. You know what? Parker, Parker knows people at Iowa, right? Parker could share this. Parker, share this with Petrus. <laughs> tell him my address is... I can't tell you that. <laughs> Never mind. Are you homeless? No. <laughs> no. I just don't want the mob coming to get me. <laughs> yeah, he's from, he is from California. Peterson's That's another wonderful. thing. He's from California and broke all Jared Goff's record. But he comes to Iowa and just forgets how to throw a freaking ball. But, I mean, Jared, Jared Goff's not very good. Well, he was good. Jared Goff's in the NFL. Yeah. He made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean it's, it's mm-hmm. weird to say that any of them are bad because they're, you know, collegiate, D1 collegiate athletes and Yeah, so why would you say that, Phil? You think any of us? You don't want to keep saying Peter sucks. What? <laughs> have you seen him throw the ball? I have. It's painful. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm ready for Iowa football. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to yell at the TV some more. Oh, man. Well, we've shared some laughs. We've shared some stories. Really awesome to hear from Coach Brent Nelson at Iowa Central. Yeah. Great to hear from Megan Flanagan, the head coach at UNI. DeAndre, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me. I mean, I didn't think I was going to make it. Talking to Phil last night, I was like, 
might want to tell Gray I'm not coming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Phil man. said he'd oh. drag me by my hair if I didn't come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I told him, ha, don't have any. Come on, like, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, well, we appreciate you making the sacrifice. Javi, what do you think? Final Final thoughts? I thought it was a very good episode. Y'all are going to give me a lot to work with, so that's going to be great. Hey, Javi, I got a question for you. Oh, boy. For the Apple people. Um, <laughs> what are you, you going to put this podcast on? Um, I, I it, there's a lot of technical technicalities that I have to run through to put it on Apple, but as soon as I figure those out, I will. Apple will probably be the main thing that most people listen to this show on. Yeah, because I don't, I got I don't you. use Spotify. Yeah, like I, a, I know. It's like an Android thing, and I'm a big Apple person. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Nah. Well, here's the thing. Well, I have an iPhone, and I listen to Spotify. Well, you're also kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who is an Android? I have an iPhone and Spotify. <laughs> I Oh. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, I'm not a conformist. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining the last episode of the B-Side Boys. <laughs> oh, no, if we can make it past, you know, Javi taking massive rips on his vape and coughing directly into the mic on last week's episode, I think we can get past this, too. Javi, what do you think? No coughs this episode. No, because I didn't have a vape. <laughs> I just want to clear that up. I just want everyone to know, in case, like, your name's Kyle Roder. It's not me vaping and coughing directly into the, the mic. Or do I, Andre more? I, I don't vape. I uh, just wanted to let that let the world know that wasn't me coughing. And we do not condone underage vaping. So no. only if you're 21 <laughs> vape. Yeah. Or, if if I'm your middle school teacher and I see you vaping in class, oh, I'll I'll snatch that up real quick and give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. No, <laughs> no, that's illegal. No, people at Lincoln High School got in trouble for flushing drugs. Like I was in KCCI. I I don't mess with that. I I get I write the level two and I hand it to the, my administrator and they take care of everything and problem solved. Hmm. Right, Javi? Right. So, Phil, you got a joke this time? Or you didn't? Yeah. Oh, you got dude, something I, funny? I do got something okay. funny. All right. Hey, 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 All right. Go. So, here you we're going to do. We're going to do a little bit. Hold on. Let's, let's like, hold on. I need to take a drink first before we do this. Like, I need to prep myself. Hold on. <laughs> We've been waiting for this, this entire inception of this episode. Phil, say something funny. Are you aware that DeAndre looks like Kendrick Lamar? Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> First time hearing it and be the last time hearing it. <laughs> Some guy came up to us. Oh, hold on. White guy? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> Sounded racist. <laughs> That's what I mean, tell That's because it was. Did you know DeAndre is the blackest name somebody's ever heard? <laughs> this guy was definitely from oh, the Oh, this verbs. is a different guy. Oh, different, different, different guy. guy. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, we were at Cosmic, and this dude just comes up to D out of nowhere. We were just standing there vibing to the music. And it was dark. And he, it was dark, and he just gets in DeAndre's face, and he's like, did you know you look like Kendrick Lamar? And I just start screaming at him, no, no. Oh, <laughs> and he was very confused. And he's just like, what the fuck? I was utterly confused, and I was oh. like, no. And I just put my Poshmina back over my head, and I just started vibing out again. <laughs> yeah, it was a very weird time. 
I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. I thought you were going to oh tell a joke. <laughs> I do have a joke. So Ooh, all right. Oh, let's uh, should, let's save that for the next one. Out. Like that was good. That was a good. Yeah. I want to be here next time. Well, you can like text it. To no, no, me. I want to ask for one. Okay. Okay. Do it now. All right. What do you call a dog without without legs? <laughs> Wait, no, you did that wrong. I've already put this joke in our one of our chats. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Okay. What do you call a sleepwalking nun? That I don't know. What? A Roman Catholic. <laughs> Did you get that off of Laughing Taffy? Hobby, <laughs> play the music. 